Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 309 with the wonderful Paul Higgins. Hello, this is Paul Higgins and you are listening to Heart Cells, podcast with Christine Shalonsky. Please enjoy. And I'm Christine Schlonsky, the host of Heart Cells Podcast, where I talk with inspirational, heart-centered entrepreneurs and business leaders about how they have built a wildly successful business and in many cases had to overcome their challenges in selling their products and services. Past guests include Bob Burke, John Lee Dumas, Anthony Inario, Susie Carter, Kate Erickson, just to name a few. This episode is brought to you by Heart Cells Academy, where we support heart-centered, ambitious entrepreneurs to redefine sales so they can grow their business and impact while creating the lifestyle of their dreams. So if selling just does not feel good to you and therefore it holds you back in creating a wildly successful business and lifestyle you love, email us at info at christineschlansky.com and let's talk about how we can support you, your impact and business growth. Go to christineschlansky.com to learn more. So let's dive in in today's episode with the amazing Paul Higgins. Paul is a high-performance business mentor, podcaster and author who helps service-based business owners struggling to strive a balance between life and work adapt a hands-off management approach and improve profits to fund their lifestyles. To aid other service-based business owners like himself, who have come to the conclusion that having a business so reliant on themselves is just not going to work, Paul developed a mentoring program, Build, Live, Give, that helps such business owners take control and implement an end-to-end -end sales and operations system that they can easily generate profits. I'm so super pumped Paul is here today sharing his knowledge and wisdom with us. So let's dive right into this episode. Well, I am so excited to have you on the show today, Paul. Welcome. Thanks, Christine. Brilliant to be here. Yes. And, you know, I, I love how, well, how do we even say that? How you came back, how you had a big comeback in your life. We, we're not going to spoil it because we talk about it. And it's so important to find that focus, to find that drive or that why for entrepreneurs. It's not just about how to survive as a company, but sometimes in rare cases, It could be how you survive as a person. So can you give us a little bit of background? What makes you do what you do right now? Yeah, look, I've always been interested in helping other people. You know, whether it was my, my mum and all her family were very big in our local community and they were always taking leadership roles and helping the community. So that was definitely uh, something that I had in my environment as a child but I think it was just also uh, natural to me so I was always captain of my sports teams etc and and as I went into corporate I just loved helping people and in particular I was fortunate to work for a great company where they were very high performing so I got the best of both worlds I get I got to really uh, become high performing myself which I'll tell you why later that you know I really made that choice but also I got to help a lot of people 
and that sort of just continued to today. So, you know, my why is helping service-based business owners to, to build, live and give as per my, my brand and that's what I'm truly passionate about. Yeah, awesome. But what, what I, I get that piece that's like coming from your childhood. I love the attitude of giving, but something happened with you and your health that put you on a totally new path. And there's also this gift moment in it because one of your friends came to your aid so to speak and saved your life basically so so tell us that story because i think it's very inspiring and motivating for people sometimes we feel we are like in a slum and we can't get out and things are not getting better and then hearing a story like yours is so inspiring because you know for me it was like oh goodness like I'm I'm good I'm healthy I'm I'm happy I have nothing to complain about <laughs> but refocusing and getting clear on what you desire to do with your life in your life is such a big aspect of also how you decide how you want to treat your business and what levels of success and influence you would like to have so yeah take us a little bit back on on that story yes yeah, so we had a bit of a, a family secret which my mum's father passed away when he was 41 and mum had a massive heart attack at around the similar age she was about 44 and then went back through the history and effectively always on the death certificates had had heart attack but it was actually kidney so chronic kidney disease which is 50 50 at birth that caused the heart to stop so you know mum was the first one where they really investigated it and then they said okay you've got to get tested so i remember when i was 18 i went in to get the test results and i walked out and mum and i looked at each other and i've just never seen so much sadness i just looked at her and she knew she i didn't even have to say anything and i think you know right up until the moment she passed, she always felt guilty about passing the condition on. And I've got a 50-50 for my kids to, to do the same. And hopefully, you know, the, the outcome's much better because you know, my outcome, outcome was better than the mum's. But, yeah, it was um, one of those moments where what do you do as a young 18-year-old? Do you, you know, take the advice and do everything the doctors say or do you live life and be balanced? And I chose... Uh, I chose a combination, but I chose to be really high-performing. I, I chose to do everything that, that the best that I possibly could and take control of my situation. So rather than looking at it as a, a, excuse me, a hindrance, I looked at it as, as a gift and, okay, I've got to live my life different to other people, but you know, let's do everything you can with it. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of living life to the fullest. And oftentimes people do have wake-up calls or moments later in life. Right. I remember that my my body didn't like to go to work anymore <laughs> and I could feel it more and more each day. You know, luckily, I, I found ways to to shift. But when you get really clear on what's important to you, you make different choices and life becomes precious and we don't take it for granted anymore. We really think about it. What's like the legacy we want to leave? What's the impact we would like, like to have, right? Who do we want to serve and support? And usually we do come up with business ideas to do exactly that. And then we get in hustle mode, right? We try to figure things out. We might get frustrated and stuck. 
and we forget about that big vision and about the priorities we started with. What, what could you tell people from everything you have lived through to becoming such a high performance coach and mentor doing what you do? What would be the number one advice they could get from you in case they feel stuck right now and they don't see that bright future and vision? Yeah, so I suppose at 18, to, to even think of your health and to think of the end, I suppose, is not something you really want to do at 18. But, you know, it's that classic uh, Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People talked about stimulus and response. And I was actually, um, I hadn't read the book then, but when I did read it back in 93, so this was 88 when I was diagnosed, I, I thought, well, that's exactly what I'm doing, you know. So, yes, you've got, and everyone's heard of uh, Victor uh, Franklin, uh, Frankel or Franklin? Frankel, yeah. Yeah, Frankel. Frankel. And, you know, his situation, I'd also read that book. So I thought, you know, just got to do what you've got to do. But I think that's the thing. You've always got a choice. So, you know, for me in 2011, my specialist said, because I was working for Coca-Cola, traveling the world, I was a director, very intense role and my specialist said look it's pretty simple like keep doing what you're doing you probably won't see your grandkids and if you change your path you will and it was like okay well fair enough I'll, once again I'll, I'll take take it on board and I'll proactively do it so then I set up a I set up my business to basically run from a hospital bed and yes uh, you know through a lot of uh, through a lot of luck to be honest, uh, with who I got a, a kidney transplant from, but it ended up playing really well. In 2018, I had, a, it's called a nephrectomy, but it's a removal of a kidney. The kidney is about the size of a soccer ball. So weighed about four kilos. I had two of them, so eight kilos. And I was down to 65 kilos because, you know, I had 6% kidney function. So I was in a pretty bad way, but I wanted to hold on because, you know, roughly you get 20 years out of a kidney transplant, you get 10 out of dialysis. So if I couldn't get the right transplant in here, it's about a six-year waiting list normally. So I thought, well, I'll run it. You run your body as low as you can. So think of your worst hangover, your, your, you haven't slept for three days. That's how I felt uh, every day. And, and in that, you just knew that, well, look, if you can just, you know, focus on the positives, keep, don't feel sorry for yourself. And for me, you said before, working and helping others was the gift that I was given so that I actually didn't think poor me. And the more, basically the worse I got, the more I wanted to help others to take my mind off it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. And that's also like, it's pretty radical shift now, but going through a sales conversation when people are afraid of sales conversations, taking their minds off of them and really focusing on the other person, how they can serve it doesn't allow them to go through the ups and downs in, in their own thinking. It really only allows them to, to move forward in that conversation and to really serve that person. So do, do you remember, I mean, you, you had that entrepreneurial blood probably since a, since a long time, but do you yes. remember what the very first thing was that you ever sold in your life? Look, I think the... The very first thing I sold was Coca-Cola yo-yos. So my father worked at Coca-Cola and look, I wasn't meant to work there, but that's what, you know, I worked there for 18 years. Uh, but yeah, I remember 
we had the world champion yo-yo player come to our town and stayed at our house, introduced me as Mexican, he introduced me to Tabasco sauce. I'll never forget that experience. And he basically, we stood up stage at the school and said, you know, I've been staying with Paul, my, my one of my best friends. He's going to get up on stage. Now, a year before this, I was the kid that had an eye patch for 12 months, right? So let's say I wasn't the most popular kid in the world. And all of a sudden, overnight, it was stardom. And, you know, dad used to let us go to the warehouse and there was lots of yo-yos lying around. So, um, yeah, I... You, I forget what they were in the shops, but I was like seventy-five percent cheaper or something, and uh, yeah, started selling yo-yos and made a uh, a fantastic uh, profit at a very young age. I think I would have been, I don't know, about eight then, something like that, eight or nine. Okay, I, I mean, what what a cool story. So, how did it feel when you had the first transaction, yo-yo for money? How how did it feel receiving that, knowing you had made a profit as well? Well, look, back in those days, you, all I was thinking was lollies, to be honest. If I could go and <laughs> buy some lollies at the shop, that was <laughs> that was the key thing. But, you know, I was selling something that, you know, yes, the product wasn't great and we've all learned that as uh, life's gone on, but the actual yo-yo and the experience and seeing, you know, kids enjoy it, you know, I suppose that was fun as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but uh, and look, then it led on to swap cards and then it led on to other things. So I was always dabbling in something all through my primary school and uh, and secondary school. So uh, yeah, always always creative and always looking at at uh, how to yeah how to have fun with uh, with business. Yeah, that, that, that's so cool. I just love that when you know all these stories of what people sold for the very first time, how they create how creative they've become. And, you know, for, for some selling something and then their parents getting upset, for example, that creates a whole different story about sales. Now, for someone just, you know, realizing, well, that's pretty cool. What else could I be trading or selling and really getting into this entrepreneurial mind? So I, I just I love that story. So when when we look at, you know, your um your path, would you, would you say you are a natural salesperson? Yes. Yeah. Look, it's, you know, it's something that I've always, always done. So, you know, I, I started working for Coca-Cola when I was about 16, but remembering that, you know, I really started working when I was three. So my dad was a sales manager You know, I was always with dad on weekends, you know, so I was brought up in that and dad wasn't very, dad had polio as a child and really had a, a, a missed most of his uh, primary school. And mum used to teach him to write sales letters and teach me my homework sitting next to each other. So, you know, once again, I, I just had a wonderful experience of that. Dad's a very natural and he's a, he's a brilliant, everybody loves dad. So it was a great relationship salesperson, which was perfect for the time. So, yeah, I definitely owe that to him. And then, you know, we got trained exceptionally well, even as a, a part-time working for Coca-Cola at 16, you know, you got trained very well and then it just continued for that. Yeah, so, look, I, I love, you know, sales help. You know, I know we're sort of very politically correct on everything these days, but, you know, I, I love to help people. And if I can see the gap that they've got, I can see where they want to achieve and if I can help them, yeah, you, you, you won't be able to stop me. Yeah, awesome. So, so were you always that confident in sales then, or did you have challenges with rejection? 
No, look, I've always uh, I've always been confident in my ability when it comes to sales. Um, yeah, and I, look, I've always enjoyed. I, I love meeting people. I love talking to people. So I'm one of those people that walks in a crowd. I might not be the loudest person, but I'm probably the person that collects more information than anyone else in the room. So uh, you know, I've always been that. Uh, incredibly curious. I had a dad, it was a bit of a strange, I won't go on a long story, but my dad, uh, his father had a twin that lived with my grandma. So there's the three of them, right? But he was always an, an outsider in the house, wasn't allowed in the house. He sort of, it was very sad in a way. I didn't know it at the time, but he was brilliant. At, he was a brilliantly educated man and just made me so curious. So I think hours spent as a young boy on a farm talking to him just always. And that, you know, that's why I love podcasting. That's why I love being on podcasts like yours, Christine. It's just something I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're very curious when, when we met first, you asked me questions that nobody else had asked me before. I'm like, huh, interesting. And it's so wonderful because it showed me you can go so much deeper in those conversations by by sharing more or focusing more on the personal questions because that's actually how you learn more and um, I just love that so maybe for the listeners if you're listening right now what are you asking your clients how deep do you allow that relationship I know I know that when I started out in business not in my own business but in, in learning how to sell I never ever shared something personal because I was asking for a high ticket. And I mm. thought, well, if I share personal stuff, that's not the place, that's not professional. That's, you know, I have to be like serious and I have to get my pitch through and I have to close the client because that was expected. And so learning how you actually can handle the relationship, how you can be yourself, how you can have fun in the conversation was something that didn't come natural because I had the belief system of how I had to be as the good or perfect salesperson so that someone would actually say yes to what I had to offer. Yeah, and, and I think that the thing that really helped me was the Coca-Cola company and all their training was, you know, it was, uh, you know, as an American company, it was very uh, American. And what I mean by that, it was, you know, get the results. So it was very results focused. And that's why I was high performing because you always had to do better the next year and all. But I think the benefit of having all of that training, but growing up in Australia is that Australians don't like that style. They don't like being hit between the eyes with, uh, with the sales. So I think it was a really good combination of you got all the skills, but then you adapted it for your local market. And I think that's what's held me quite well with, you know, now my clients all over the world where you do have uh, subtleties. Like, for example, you know, if you do work in um, in the Scandinavia, you know, it's very, very difficult to get personal information out of them. And I think it's sort of it's harder from the top. So from Norway sort of working down or Finland working down, I think it gets easier when you get to Germany, but it's still still a little bit harder. Whereas here in Australia, it's it's quite common. That's how you start. So I think, yes, you've got to get the information, but you've also got to understand the cultural overlay in, in how you get that information. 
Yeah. Speaking about culture overlaying, so what would you say to someone who would love to sell something to Australians? How do they need to tweak their approach when they come? Well, you're, you're like every country in Europe has this different sales approach, like Italians sell different than Germans yes. and yes. Americans sell different and Canadians probably more like Americans. But would there be like an advice you could share of like a do it and uh, definitely don't do this one? Yeah, look, I think Australians, uh, they don't like BS, okay? So that I don't like to be sold at, as I said before, or they, they, you know, they want to be matter of fact in a way, like just tell me what you're going to achieve. And also in a way we're actually quite conservative in buying. So I always say we've got a tendency to say no before yes, whereas especially in the field that I'm in, like, you know, mentoring and development in the US, it's very much a part of their culture. You know, that's where all of the main people, I said Franklin Covey before, Stephen Covey, all of those have come out of the US. So it's more uh, well-known here. But here, like even having a coach or a mentor, it still feels a little bit strange here in uh, Australia. So I think, you know, definitely uh, get to the point, but also have social proof because they want to know that this has worked, that it's worked for someone else like them. Whereas I find in America, it's a little bit more, you build the relationship, you show them the outcome and how you're going to get there. And they're a bit like, okay, well, I'm willing to give you a try. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, then that's okay. Whereas Australia, a little bit more conservative by nature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. For a long time, I felt like all the coaching, that's not something that's known in Germany. Right. And, and I remember when I was an exchange student, so many people talked um, publicly like about their therapist and I'm thinking like what's wrong like you know from a German point of view that needs that means that you need to be fixed and that's not a good thing right so like getting used to that culture and that they actually embody getting support was something I had to wrap my my head around and um, you know it's coming more and more so when you say well I have a coach in Germany it depending where you say it and what, yes. what you know, with people, depending on who you talk to, um, that is something okay now, something normal. It doesn't, need, mean, it doesn't mean you need to be fixed. It means you are looking for shortcuts. You are looking for the experience somebody else has already made and you shows you how it, how it works. So you don't need to go for trial and error. I'm yeah, and to be honest, that's why I focus a lot on North America because I know it's yeah. – I don't have to educate as much. They already mm -hmm. see the value of a mentor. It's just whether you're the right mentor for them. So I find it, uh, yeah, a lot easier to help people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's true. I have a lot of clients in the US and Canada as well. And I feel like the German market is waking up. It feels, it feels right. pretty good. Mm -hmm. let's, let's see what the future brings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm really looking forward to our next episode. I would love to go deeper and actually high performing. How can you do that in your business, right? Because I know for sure that not every minute I sit in front of the PC is a minute that I should be sitting in front of the PC. <laughs> so is there any parting advice you would love to leave our listeners with for this episode? Look, I think it's that stimulus and response. So if you, I think that's the big thing, even with sales, if you've got a fear of sales or you're carrying a lot of baggage with sales, you've got the opportunity to reframe that. 
Okay, so you make that choice to reframe it. So I think that is uh, one of the key points. And the other, which we've talked quite a bit about, is you know building that personal relationship. You know, people uh, buy on emotion and rationalise on um, on fact after. So I think you've got to build those connections. Yeah, awesome. And you also brought us an amazing gift. Uh, do you want to fill us in? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I've got a uh, an assessment. And what it is, is I've got a four pillar framework that I use to help uh, mentor my, uh, the people I mentor. And uh, in that, it's got, it's got 29 components, but in the quiz, it's 15 questions you can do in about three minutes. And it just really sees if your business is as fit for high growth as you think you are. And often what I call it is, you know, you're running a, uh, a profit machine or a sweat box and you can get that you can get that at buildlivegive.com forward slash assessment yeah i i will definitely make uh, i will definitely put the link in the show notes so people can get access to it and i highly recommend it because it will probably be eye-opening <laughs> where you think you are or maybe you would know maybe you are even on a better level than you think you are, uh, which could be a nice outcome as well. But getting that clarity, because only from that place of clarity, you can take the right actions and you have a good starting point. So thank you so much for, for bringing that to us. And uh, yeah, thanks, Paul. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Excellent. Thanks for having me on today, Christine. Well, I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. I just enjoy talking to Paul so much and I love the message he's bringing to the world and the path he has taken. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab with the show notes, the transcript, and also with all the links to Paul. He's just one click away. Make sure you get his wonderful free gift and you are signing up for the Heart-Centered Lead Generation Summit Experience, which is a summit all around lead generation where you can get amazing advice from over 40 entrepreneurs to fill your pipeline with highly qualified, amazing potential clients and never have to wonder again, where's your next client going to come from? I'm looking forward for you to tune in into the next episode, number 310, The Four Pillars to Build a Thriving Business, where Paul is giving away more of his content and amazing golden nuggets. Thank you so much for having been here. Have an amazing day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Bye.